Yeah, we are devolving. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the girl, Ida Rodriguez. Welcome to another episode of Truth Serum, where we give it to you straight with no taser. I don't know why I'm yelling. Um, I guess, you know, I've been watching Rush Limbaugh videos, and I'm like, you got to tell it loud so that that can make you more believable. Um, I don't know what it is about conservative media where they feel like they got to shout at you and you really get it. But um, I'm just messing with y'all. It's Friday. We are going to roast the headlines. Um, I will be uh, joined by a very funny person very shortly, but I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to every one of you who continues to show up. You continue to interact. You continue to share, share um, and, and let other people know about, about the truth serum. And uh, I just want to say thank you. Many of you donate. Um, you know, we, we want to keep the show going and we want to say thank you because this is nothing without you. Uh, that being said, this week has been a very interesting week. Um, I don't know of a week that has not been interesting since January of 2020. Um, and it is, uh, you know, it just keeps on giving. The comedy keeps writing itself. Today, we are going to be roasting the headlines. And um, I am going to bring aboard um, the truth train. I'm, I'm going for corny today. Uh, one of my girls who I started doing stand up with, uh, actually very funny woman, was on America's Got Talent. Um, has actually she was on Last Comic Standing. Uh, she did the comedy thing with Will Smith. That was the only thing she's ever done that I've been jealous of. And, <laughs> Um, <laughs> she's also my fellow Caribbean woman. And uh, when we talk about intersectionality here and we talk about blackness and Latinidad and Afro-Latinidad and uh, just the people that we have a lot in common with, a lot of people don't know that those of us that are Caribbean, um, West Indies, are, have a lot in common with our food, our music, our culture, our connection to the motherland. And more times, we're even more connected than people that for, with Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, and Cubans, and people in Central and South America. Uh, but the one thing that connects us all is the plantain. So my <laughs> fellow plantaineer, oh, I love plantain. woman is Jackie Fabulous. What's up, Jackie Fabo? Girl, you made me hungry. I'm about to go fry some plantain as soon as we sign off this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Hey girl, what's going on? Listen, I was so I was actually excited about you being here because I knew that I would I would have an opportunity to laugh. Uh -huh. um, you know, I told it, and I don't I don't hide behind it. So um, when I have other comedians on here, I, I'm like, hey, I want y'all to come out here and be funny. And then they start delivering the I have a dream speech. And I'm like, <laughs> I wanted you to be funny. I wanted yeah. to <laughs> the headlines, and I knew that you would actually do it. Um, I have a hard time turning it off. So this is going to be fantastic or you're going to regret it. So let's go. <laughs> hey, first of all, where are you and how are you doing? El bacano, que, que lo que. That's, uh, that's the uh, greeting for the Dominican, my Dominican people. Okay. I'm, I'm currently in the Bronx. As you know, I lived in LA 20 years and I moved back in October for all wonderful reasons. Saves money because I was touring, maybe pay off my childhood home and then COVID was like, girl, look at all those dreams and goals you have. You're so cute. You ain't doing none of that shit right now. <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in my childhood home in the bedroom I grew up in. The very first time I ever masturbated and had an orgasm was right here. So full circle, girl. Full circle. Wow. Um, 
I'm assuming that it's full circle because you are currently masturbating in that room now. Yes. I, you know, memories. I, and I've gotten better. I, I know how to get there faster. When I was 10 or 11, I was an amateur, but I'm a pro at this now. <laughs> I need to fix my lighting because this glare is driving me crazy. Okay. I'm going to tell you. Um, so let's let's talk about you a little bit before we get into these headlines. You did sure. American Talent and that was that changed a lot of stuff in your trajectory in terms of your career. And you, um, you know, I, I remember watching it and people going crazy over your video before the episode aired. Oh, okay. The commercial little uh, teaser? Yeah, how we posted it and tweeted about it. And I was like, uh-oh, it's about to go. How did that experience for you? It was wonderful. Every single second of it. I think the reason why it was so fun and not stressful is because I didn't make the show my life. I added the show appearances to my calendar. Because mm-hmm. I would do, I would go do the taping and then I, if I had enough time, I'd do a show in Hollywood after the show was done. So I just made it like, you know, wake up and go to the set, stay there for hours and do your uh, do the, the contest round. And then when it was done, I'd be, all right, guys, thank you. Then I would go to the improv and work on the set for the next round. So I didn't make it my life, although I would have lost my mind. If I had made it, if I had canceled everything, I wouldn't yeah. have gone so far. But I made it part of my itinerary, my comedian schedule. And I had fun. And when you're when they like you, they want you to do well. So they were very nurturing and they they didn't edit my material. They didn't change a joke. They just said, you know, you can't drop an F-bomb. I'm like, oh, good for, thank you for reminding me. It is NBC. And then I just did everything I always did. I didn't go there with a, a new plan. I didn't reinvent the wheel. I, I was myself and I had fun. So therefore, those who watched me, I'm hoping had fun too. So you did Last Comic Standing too. And you did American yes. Talent. I didn't have the, the huspa, the wherewithal, the energy to do another reality show. How was it the experience different for you? I, I couldn't do it. Not not a not a comedy reality show. Uh, well, last comic standing eliminated me during the commercial break, so that's different. <laughs> <laughs> While I was at craft services getting a sandwich, they were like, "You can just get your purse because you're not coming back when we come back on air." So it was different because it was it was way more stressful because last comic was all comics, and ninety percent my friends and colleagues, and you know, so it was. It was relaxing backstage. It was uh, just a hang. But when you got on stage and did it, you know, you're being, I was judged by uh, Roseanne Barr and Keenan Ivory Wayans and Norm MacDonald. And, you know, then we had the superstar Wanda was the producer, Wanda Sykes. So it was a lot high pressure, high stakes. And I thought that last comic was going to be it. Like I was ready. Like I enjoyed my set. The audience did. Roseanne did. Keenan and Norm were like, we, we think you're cute, but this ain't going to be your year. And they said that without saying that, you know, they kind of around the, you know, like your Norm Macdonald actually said, I think you're gorgeous, but I don't know what you're talking about. Like his exact words. And I was like, you know, I love being complimented. I love being told that I'm attractive, but not right now. This is not the time. This is comedy. So it's comedy. So last comic I thought was going to be the one. And then five years later, uh, America's Got Talent happened. And I kind of did that thinking I was ready. So that was ready for last comic, but clearly the universe knows when you're really ready. And America's Got Talent was like, now you're ready. And probably because I was competing against, I don't know, fucking birds and dogs and children and <laughs> men riding a unicycle and a man out of a cannon on purpose. Maybe that's why I did well. I didn't have much competition. 
yeah, yeah. acrobat girl, gigantic I- poodles I was competing against. It was fun. <laughs> Um, oh my God, Jackie! <laughs> and but and then and then we think that was when. What when were when were you done with AGT? Uh, it it was uh 2019. That whole year was uh I did four rounds, and it ended September 2019. Was the last uh was the finals. So I just made it. The show just ended about a year ago. It feels like it was. I did it in in 1997 because everything is so different. I'm like, I was just there. You, you do the show, it's September, things start closing down because holidays are coming. You say yeah. 2020, I'm about to be lit. Girl, my calendar was fucking popping. And I tell you, I got no, first of all, I was on the road every weekend. Of course, that's the goal. But when I came back from on the road, I was at the cellar in Manhattan every, the manager there was like, you know, you don't have to come in every day. You don't got to get your avails. You can rest. Like I would get off the airplane, bring my suitcase to the club on a Sunday afternoon, coming back from whatever state. And the manager Val was like, Jackie, I know you love it here, but you're past. You don't have to. You <laughs> it's cool. I'm like, you sure? Because I ain't been here in five days and I'm nervous. I love so. that. <laughs> You know, isn't it funny? I feel that way. I feel like every time I get on the plane to leave New York, that I'm I'm not gonna get back on the get back up at the cellar when I come back. Like I'm always like, I love you, Esty. You know, like <laughs> make sure that I I stay within um, that people remember me because that's such an important club to work in, and and you know you get to work with. You know, people think that because of the cachet or whatever, but it's really about being able to work with the best of them because exactly. you rise to the occasion, right? So yeah. you left LA when? I left LA October 31st, Halloween, 2019. I, I, I really, and I didn't have any plan. Like, thank God, nothing bad happened. Nobody died, no financial bankruptcy. I was just, I felt very stagnant. I was repetitive. I was, you know, I had all, I had all my regular spots in all the clubs in Southern California, but I wasn't getting better. I was just, you know, I would literally, I would like get a little bit high, smoke a little bit of weed, get in my Camry and drive to whatever club, perform, do fine, and then come back home and do that every single day. Audition, but I wasn't booking anything substantial. So I just felt kind of down, like I need to shake it up. I didn't want to make any major change. I just wanted to make a major change. If that yeah. make any, it makes any sense. Yeah. So when I'm when I moved back to New York, you know, I started booking this week at the cellar on Comedy Central, and uh, things just picked up because I put some energy into my goals as opposed to just being in my apartment that you've seen quite comfortable, but it gets really lonely in that you know two bedroom, two bath. And I wanted to, I want a house, so I'm like I need to up my game. And you know when I moved back, it just felt good. It wasn't anything bad. I got rid of my car. Sold my furniture, gave shit away, like 47 bags of my clothes to Goodwill. When you need to go, you realize none of the stuff that I own matters. I got rid of everything. It was fantastic. Mary, we love you back. We love you back, Mary. I feel you, Frederick. Um, Hey, Tommy Chan, how you doing? And uh, TMI, Derek Washington. I don't think so. There's no such thing as TMI when it comes to a stand-up comedian. <laughs> so you are now there. You've been deprived of the stage. So 
today you're going to get to do some comedy because we are going to roast these headlines. Let's do it. Um, first of all, before I go to any of the other stories, did you see Rudy Giuliani's head? I don't, I mean, the fact that he was the mayor of New York at one point, I don't even understand. Like, I don't, did we, he was once in office in the place that I love. And now he looks like that crazy uncle who shouldn't be left alone with the kids. <laughs> and literally. Literally. But do you see the Borat thing? I didn't see the movie yet, but I saw him reaching into his, his crotch. And that's a very familiar move. We all know what that looks like. <laughs> Uh, did we find out what that was that was dripping? Was it hair dye? Somebody said online that it wasn't hair dye, although I don't know. It could have been anybody. But I don't know. We all know what it's like to maybe try and cover up gray or roots so we don't, or don't have time to get our hair done, men and women. And we know that dye, you don't put dye in your hair. Like, oh, maybe it's one of those spray cover-ups for <laughs> men with the emergency gray coverage. Bottom mm -hmm. line, though, he ain't got no friends. I saw a video and he was dripping, and people were like, "Boy, dude, you ain't got nobody on your on your in your corner to look at you before you go out there. Not one last look before you come out to the camera. That's how no. you know you ain't got no friends. Nah, that none of them. They don't have friends, and they are not friends, and they're definitely no. not friends of the American people. No. Um. I so oh, here we go. CDC warns America: Do not travel for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So people are having meltdowns, literal meltdowns. Um, I mean, really, like uh, the uh, the quarterback of the Detroit Lions' wife had a, did a rant on Instagram yesterday saying that she, this state is a dictatorship and she was she doesn't like to be in a state she doesn't like to be in a place where she's not told where she is told what to do mm -hmm. and. She knows that coronavirus is bad, but these small businesses are struggling. And uh, she went on on this rant. She trended on Twitter. They crushed her because her husband made $27 million. And she's sitting there complaining in her, you know, expensive luxury vehicle about to pull up into her expensive. No, her home was a $27 million home. Mm -hmm. And um, she was complaining about you know, the masks and all of this stuff. So I wanted to, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. I, this mask thing, I mean, that woman, I made $270 a week now, as opposed to her $27 million home. And I have found a way to be inside, you know, I order from Amazon every half hour. So if I could find a way to stay out in, out of the CDC's, uh, where they warned you not to go. Why can't somebody who's rich, they, uh, they don't know what oppression means. Because for some people, oppression for them means being told what to do for the first time in their lives. Where we've yeah. been told what we can and cannot do most of our lives. Like the first time I went somewhere where I noticed that nobody gave a damn about the mask was Orange County, California. When I went out there to perform with the Irvine Improv at Irvine Spectrum, and I parked my car, we got out to go to the stage, and, and the the mall was full. First of all, in a pandemic, I was driving around the mall. You know how you go go through the layers to find a parking spot. Yeah. And I, and I was still I was driving around. I'm like, who the fuck are these people out here on a Saturday? Like it's not like it's a regular day. I should have nothing but parking spots, and there were none until I got to the roof. And nobody had on a mask, kids and families. And I'm like, this woman complaining 
I mean, you all should be, you should be ripped a new a-hole for the way you guys are acting because the mask thing, how can one state not believe in it and another one do believe in it? I don't understand what's going on. Everyone, first of all, I think everyone either has COVID right now or had it. Everyone, everybody, I think I had it. I didn't get tested, but I was sick for two months and from February, from January to March, I was sick. And the way I knew that I was sick is that I canceled gigs. And you know, we don't cancel gigs unless our eye is almost falling out. And I canceled thousands of dollars because I was like, if I get on an airplane now, I will die. I had no taste, no smell. I could barely hear an ear infection, a flu that I thought was, you know, I thought I was dying. I was calling ex-boyfriends like, dude, this is a big one. I probably gave it to you. This is your, this is your last night. I mean, I thought I was dying of, of STD, syphilis. I was so sick for so long. So this woman, maybe she just needs to get it. And then she'll realize, oh, and this is a horrible thing to wish on anyone. No one should wish sickness on someone. But some of you need to have, you know, congestion for two months so you can realize that this is not a joke. Wow. Um, I, uh, you know, I think that we, America's so privileged if everyone treated this outbreak like a terrorist attack, we'd be over the curve right now. Um, you know, it's, it's really shocking because, um, we, we don't know what to believe, right? Everybody mm -hmm. it doesn't trust the government, right? And yeah. it's, you have good reason, you know, whether you're whatever political affiliation you subscribe to, you are, um, wait, are we allowed to comment? Who's this guy? David Monconduit said you scared because you fat. You are can we allowed to are we allowed yeah. to talk back to them? Of your course. mom, you, stop talking about your mother that way. Where's he at? I just, <laughs> oh, it was fun. I, every now and then I like the trolls because I, I don't get to tell anybody off because I'm inside the house. No. <laughs> um, I just don't like that kind of stuff because most of the people who come to the supportive here, they're they're very um, they're just smart. They don't do. They love you. Yeah. But they're not shitty to people. Um, okay, so for. <laughs> So, so for Thanksgiving Day, Zoom will lift its 40-minute time limit for free meetings. Girl, I have been doing Zoom about three times a day every day since March. I have not had any meeting less than an hour. I didn't know Zoom had time limits. I, and I think I am paying $14.99 for premium Zoom. Yeah. That's I see, I, oh, that's why. Because I'm like, I've been on Zoom for hours. I mean, I've had, we would go on Zoom, record it, and then turn off the recording on YouTube and still be on here just kicking it, whether it's from money or for free or happy hours. And um, when I when I went to California a few months ago, a few weeks ago, my mm -hmm. whole family freaked out because they were like, California is a hot spot. When you get back, you got to quarantine. Don't come near us. That's Deep down, that's kind of a blessing. When your family's like, stay the hell away from us. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I will stay the hell away from all of you for at least four weeks. I know you only require two, but God damn it, I'm going to take four. <laughs> you know? Yes. All right. So we're going to go to, uh, uh, yo, I'm looking what? at these stories and I'm like, it, they just all make me mad. Um, so, <laughs> so Joel Saladin and anti-vaxxer friends host 300 at a maskless Virginia um, farm bash. They had a <laughs> this looks like is that David Koresh? It looks like a cult. What is going on here? What are these people doing? 
I mean, over 70 million people voted for Trump, and this is probably a good fraction of them. I don't understand. And I'm I'm grateful slash very saddened by the fact that this political climate has kind of made opened our eyes to all of the puppets and idiots that I didn't know existed. I know there were several. I know there were millions upon millions upon millions upon millions. And this rally, whatever it is, this clan rally that we're looking at, mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't I don't really get it. I don't understand. Like, like I said, you guys got to lose people in your family to get. I haven't lost anyone close to me. Thank you, God. But I still know what it's like to live somewhere where people, oh, this is how I know the difference. And they need to feel this as people at this clan rally. I hear an ambulance every couple of seconds in my neighborhood. And my, I'm in the Bronx, so clearly that's part of the climate here. But I hear it four times as much. And I know that's not a coincidence. I had neighbors who the husband and wife passed away and they were old and they weren't healthy. But I also think COVID plays a part if you already have things going on that you may or may not have known about. Like people are dying around me. And the fact that we can't go nowhere, I mean, I can't, we can't go nowhere. Why wouldn't that be enough? If the airlines are like, look, we know you want to go see everyone and your family and go to work, but you can't. When the economy is like, you can't go make money for us and for you, it's real. These folks must not, they must all have like an Etsy shop where they make earrings. What what do they do for a living? (laughs) What do they do for a living? Yeah, this crowd of people, what do they do? What, they have jobs? Look at them. They look, this girl, this girl here in this really pretty tangerine sundress with a nice denim jacket over it and a cute fedora. Fuck her. Fuck her, particularly. Because I'm annoyed. How dare you dress nice while you almost kill everybody around you? The black guy next to her, kind of next to her, fuck you too. Oh my God, I don't, under, I don't get it. This one, you got a ball spot, you deserve it. Let's go for this picture one by one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that is where we are now, right? So they yeah. this virus that is so. Uh, destructive and is hurting so many people, specifically people who look like us, right? Yeah. They politicized it. I went to, I went um, hiking today in Calabasas mm-hmm. and there were a bunch of people who weren't wearing a mask. And then someone was like, yeah, we don't wear masks in Calabasas. They don't believe that it's real here. This is a plot by the government to make us stay away from each other. And, um, and that this is just, phase one. It's not real. And I'm like, I know people who have died from this. Mm-hmm. I know people who've had it and are still suffering the after effects of having COVID that have, um, you know, scar tissue in their lungs who still are not fully operational. Like they're not fully there. Mm-hmm. And there are people here saying it's not real. This is part of a conspiracy theory for the new world order to control us so that we can stay away from each other because that that way they can control us. Stay away from other human beings, just isolate ourselves? Mm-hmm. Really? That's a really extravagant plan. And a lot of people out there, and don't forget, as long as sex exists, we're not gonna stay away from each other. Nope. As, long as, as long as intercourse is still a thing of pleasure and necessity for the population, we're not gonna leave each other alone. What new world order? This is such creepy shit. What does that mean? I mean- new world order. I think the government does some shitty stuff. I mean, they did, you know, they did 
the Tuskegee experiment. They've done they've done horrible things, but why would you chance it? We don't trust them. We don't trust them, right? So even, until we figure this out, we ain't coming out the house. You like, I ain't messing with it. I, no, I, don't, I don't trust nobody. I mean, there's a woman, a new friend, and I, I, I'm looking at her Instagram page, and I'm looking to try and see any kind of political, because I, I, I suspect she may have voted for so-and-so. She's a new friend of mine. And if you have nothing political on your social media page, I'm like, you probably did, but you're scared. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I remember when he won the first time, 2016, I had a show at the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club, which is negative 3% black. Yeah. And I got on stage the day after the, the, the election, and I was still in my angry state of mind. And I remember getting on stage, and before I began anything funny, I was like, where y'all at? Who voted? Because, and then she, many shows after that, nobody would admit it. I was like, if you guys want to praise this fool, put your hand up. And when I tell you that crowds of people, no one, people stop blinking. They don't want to be noticed that badly. They, they wouldn't put their hand up. They would hold their breast. I was like, somebody clearly did. I don't really understand. I'm still, I'm confused every day. I'm stressed every day. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I'm drinking more, which is really just, you know, I want to. It's nothing to do with the election. I just like drinking. I, <laughs> I, that's funny because I <laughs> to be a drinker. Thank you, Tinalulu. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, all right, next story, lawsuit. Tyson managers. So the Tyson um, Farms, meet the fresh meat plant in Wa Waterloo, suspended operations in April. People who were symptomatic and co were complaining about being symptomatic and complained to their managers were told to continue to work. And then the managers bet on who would contract the virus. And they were having, they had betting pools. <clears throat> so um, this is where we are now, right? This is, this is America. It's a wrongful death lawsuit tied to COVID-19 infections in a Waterloo pork, pork that's what y'all get for eating that hog, plant <laughs> during the initial stages of the pandemic. Tyson Foods ordered employees to report for work while supervisors privately wagered money on the number of workers who would be sickened by the deadly virus. What kind of... What kind of evil like are, are seriously this is where we are as as society that makes me when i hear tyson my first thought is chicken and i just <clears throat> i just made a roasted chicken in my crock pot last night and i'm uh -huh. like I, i'm i'm about to go down to that garbage pail look for the wrapper if that bitch says tyson on it i'm throwing that chicken into the street <laughs> <laughs> i'm so People are evil. I didn't, like I said, this, this whole thing has opened our eyes to realize the people out there who really are evil or indifferent, which can be the same thing. I don't know. I mean, Purdue was, was popping Purdue because Tyson about to go out of business, hopefully, or maybe, maybe not. Purdue, are you guys okay? All these food plants also. I mean, I'm disappointed because Tyson makes a great uh, chicken finger. We all know Tyson Foods and people who work there. In fact, maybe that now that this is public, that something bad will happen over there. They'll teach them a lesson. But don't mess with the food because you can kill people with this whole betting and people getting sick. And now I'm like, oh my God, now the food might be tainted. There's, there's, there's several layers of regret 
with this discovery and this news story? Well, one of the regrets here is that they Tyson Foods tapped Latino civil rights group for pandemic PR. So after they do this horrific, these horrific acts, then they go to LULAC for a publicity push over its safety record. I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of people of color, black people bailing people out in this country. It's just enough is enough. Stop coming to us after y'all do y'all dirty work and asking us to help clean it up. And shame on any company that participates in sweeping this under the rug when you know that those factories are filled with people who look like us that are black and brown who were the ones that were being affected by this. When do you draw the line between the getting the check and standing up for something that has to do with your with your principle, you know, even though I seem like Pollyanna positive, I do have a dark conspiracy theorist that I always gotta kind of kind of suppress because she takes away the funny and makes me sad. But I do low key think there's a there's always a modern type genocide happening in the world, and I've always thought this, but I always try and think the best in other people. But I really think there's a small, manageable, less public, secretive secret genocide that always happens where those of us that look like us, you know, they kind of want, I mean, clearly they want to suppress our vote, you know, because Mr. Pumpkinface uh, is angry that everyone of color voted for him to get out of office. And I feel like this thing at this plant and everything is, it's all a low key, like we want to, you know, control them, of course, and then kind of kill them off when what the ones that who give any, any kind of uh, resistance. And it's a, uh, I don't really know what to do. I I'm not going to lie. I'm 49 years old. Part of me feels finished. Like, God, I've had a wonderful life. I've done a lot. I've accomplished, accomplished a lot. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm not going to lie. And this is my first time saying this in, in the public uh, public forum. I've considered, I've considered running for office in right. New York, in the Bronx, because I'm like, I don't know. I can't sit at home and stew. You know, posting on social media is fantastic, but that's not really doing anything. I'm like, I don't want, I don't know, know what else to do. Like before I die, I want to do more than be funny. Right. And this stuff, this stuff is making me nauseous. Well, you know, it's, uh, it, you're right. It's like, we are surprised. We get shocked when we find out that uh, America has been America. America is being America, doing shitty stuff to the people here. And, you know, because Tyson is, uh, Provide, uh, has foods that are inex less expensive. So mm -hmm. people that are poor, that are overworked, who can't afford to buy organic food at Whole Foods are buying these processed foods because they work a lot, they got kids, and it's easy to pop a few chicken tenders. And so those are the people that that food is for. And the people who work in those places are also the people within that, that in that financial bracket. So- yeah. You know, but but how shitty is it to, you know, we should know the names of the managers. We should know the names of the managers who were betting on the 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 um, the employees of the Tyson meat plants to see who got contracted COVID. I think we should know the names. And I think if people find out, we should we should let them know, because that's some evil yeah. shit. 
Um, Larry Goodwill, our fe fellow comic in Houston, said that he would vote for you, Jackie. Oh, thank you, Larry Goodwill. I appreciate. Are you the dude from Facebook, Larry? The one yes. who'll be dan dancing while you iron your clothes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> your videos make me smile, my love. It's nice to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. I, yeah. And I, he goes in. He goes in on everybody. So he nice. would definitely, you know, he's canceled material. And those are the only people that I fool with. <laughs> so Larry, don't go nowhere. We love your commentary. Uh, we're going to show a video now. I'm going to, I'm going to skip to this uh, California woman wields stun gun while accusing family of acting black, acting like black people in a white neighborhood. I'm sure oh, you yeah. don't know this. sometimes because they trigger me now and I realize that which is why I have to fast from social media but you know this is becoming more and more common um, the more that we uh, learn about this administration and their behaviors uh, you know not that it's a surprise but every day we hear some some more things that really really land on the the racism right you know Michigan trying to suppress the votes of the people in Detroit. Um, they've been trying to do that in Atlanta and Georgia as well. Um, and so when people tell you and tell me that there's, this is not racism, these are isolated incidents. Racism is a thing of the past. You know, slavery ended a long time ago. Black people and white people live together. Why are y'all harping on this? This is not, this is not the, the majority of the people. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> What's funny is that the video is long as hell and you didn't get to the, the end of it. But his his partner, a female, came out and she was like, who the fuck bitch? And I was like, there you go. We need to scare them, clearly. We can't put hands on them because all kinds of problems happen. But we need to act. If she's like, you, you're a black person in a white neighborhood. Act white in a white neighborhood. We need to act more like niggas in a white neighborhood. So they're scared to come on our steps. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, you, 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 if you step foot on my, you walk out to my property 
and tell me what to do. I'm going to record it and I'm going to cuss you out in a way that'll make you run back to your house crying. And I'll threaten you, whatever. But, you know, I'm not touching you. Just don't touch anyone. Don't put your hands on nobody that does stuff like that. But you need to yell and curse and act crazy. Break your own window. Do whatever you got to do so that bitches like that can run away from you because they have how many videos of, weekly? It's no, no. Like, a, it's like a sitcom now. Abe, I don't think that nobody's saying that it's becoming more common. I'm, I'm saying this is always what it's been. And now they are starting. On camera. Everybody's starting to see it. And now yeah. they're like, oh my God. Or you, you know, like when the, the cop pushes the white lady, she's like, wait a minute, when y'all started pushing us? Like, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's been and and listen, I'm not a I'm not a an advocate of violence, but if you put your hands on me, I'm gonna put everybody on you. I'm gonna put everybody. I yeah. and I listen, I'm not I I'm not I'm not about you're not about to nonviolent, nonviolent. No, if you put your hands on me. I'm gonna put two on you. I'll give, you an, I'll give you an example of how to scare them. I was on, you know, the flyaway, the bus from Van Nuys, LAX. I was on the, the, the flyaway from LAX to Van Nuys. And there was a lady, I was sitting in the, the passenger seat. I'm sorry, the aisle seat. And a white lady got on and she got came to my aisle and she's like, can you move down to the window? And I said, no, I sat here cause I want to sit here. And she goes, well, you know, that's what that's for. You're supposed to slide. And she was like a Karen. And I said, bitch, I'm not moving. We need, we need more of that. We need more yelling and screaming because everyone is being nice out, out of fear. Or yeah. I'm assuming everyone, they, they, they think being nice is easier. But I yelled so loud at her. I'm like, bitch, if you don't shut the fuck down, and you need more of that. Because sometimes they don't feel like they're, they don't feel any intimidation because they think that we're really scared. And the only way to combat this, they're not scared of us, so why should we be scared of them? He should have he should have lost his mind on that lady. Because like you said, if you put your hands on me, I'm and you know, I'm killing everybody. I'm killing her dog, I'm killing her whole family. And that's the kind of thing you have to do. Threaten them, you know, but when you put your hands on me it's different. Make them think that you might put your hands on them verbally. And then, you know, what else can you do? Intimidation is what they're trying. So we need to show them that, no, ain't nobody better at intimidating than a person of color. Because we are all angry deep down, or not that deep. Two layers in, I'm I'm one strike away. So January, I'm coming back from Sundance. I'm at the airport in Utah, yeah. right? And um, mind you, I was already in a bad mood because we had lost Kobe and his daughter, right? Uh -huh. So that was that, that was that trip. And uh, we are lining up. Um, we flew Southwest because Southwest flies to Utah frequently. The flights come back and forth. And well, I ain't gotta explain why I flew Southwest. I flew Southwest because I flew Southwest. <laughs> I have to talk myself out of this sometimes. So I'm in uh -huh. line, and there's a there's a uh, there's a, a chunk of space between me and the line. Um, before you start walking, and I'm I'm at I'm in a like a two, and this white woman walks up to me and says, "I need you to move up," and I said, <laughs> "I just looked at her," and she said, "I need you to move up." I said, "Do you work for Southwest?" <laughs> she said, oh, "No." I said, "I don't." I looked at her. I said, "You don't need me to do a goddamn thing." You understand me? <laughs> I said, "I'm gonna need you to give me ten feet. Step the." Fuck back now. 
<laughs> like, that's right. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. She was antagonizing us for the whole time, though. She just kept on and on and on and on. Mm -mm. She kept, you know, walking around. And then finally, she was like, I'm going to need you to move. She was behind me. I was like, I felt like Martin, like, get in line, punk. Get in line. Like uh, Dragonfly Jones. My name is Dragonfly Jones. <laughs> you know what I said to a woman one time? Same huh? thing. Same thing at a, a gate, airline gate. And there was a woman behind, white woman behind me, who was who was picking at everyone. And she asked me to move up too because I wasn't moving up fast enough. And I said to her, I said, "Do you want to be famous today?" And I took my phone out, and she was, and she just shut up. That's all I said. I said, "Do you want to be famous today?" Because she was trying me, and I'm like, "I'm not gonna go off, but I'm gonna record this shit." And now, you know, although you would think by now that all all the racists and assholes would know that we all have a phone on us, but they don't even care about the video. They, a credible threat though care, they don't care they don't care they out here um they don't care and it is become you know and and listen people who come here that are um that get triggered and offended because they're they're like this language is violent or whatever yo let me tell you something people of color black people in this country and abroad have been abused and mistreated so much and it has become something that we've had to learn to, to psychologically digest because it is just part of the, the way. And we and there have been so many consequences for retaliation. You know what I'm saying? So what I, I, I it's enough. It is enough. It is not, not, there is nothing wrong with you going upside somebody's motherfucking head if they, <laughs> if they are trying to abuse you, mistreat you, marginalize you, be violent towards you. Yo, it's, it's like, yo, I, I am done with that shit. The, the passive and the civility stuff, it is getting us nothing. Yeah. And we, we, we have to be worried about being called civilized by people who are not civilized. You yep. motherfucking savages <laughs> and all the shit you've done to us. And now when we slap the shit out of you, lady, in the <laughs> gas station, I'm incredible. Bitch, yeah. don't put no hands on me. I was, uh -huh. the other day I was flying back from Florida. I was getting on um, the shuttle to go to get my, uh, go to get in an Uber. Yeah. And a man just walked in front of me, right? He saw me in line. He saw me in line. And he uh, when he realized I was, I just moved out the way because I was like, yo, I, I'm not trying to be in close contact with anybody. And then he comes back, he grabs me by my arm and he was like, oh, you were in front of me and puts me in front. And I, it didn't dawn on me until a five seconds later because I was, you know, I'm like, loose me. Like, you know, I get hood. But yeah. I was like, the fact that it was okay in his head and this dude, you know, was like, I, uh, Omar was like, I want to choke him. <laughs> I was like, no, you can't choke them. You can't no. choke. You gotta, you gotta. We have to train them away from the sense of entitlement. Uh, another example. I'm, I'm. My next door neighbors had some friends who knew that I lived here, and America's Got Talent's got some cult fans also. And, wow. and my mother was on the porch, and he was like telling my mother to go get me, like insisting. And and she's like, oh, she's inside. She's not dressed. He's like, I don't need her to be dressed. I just want to see her come to the door. And I was like, he has 
He has negative two more seconds before I bust out this fucking front door and curse him the fuck off. And be like, if you don't get the fuck away from my mother, because you know, that'll make me kill the whole block. Right. <laughs> but, he, but he felt so comfortable acting like, well, of course she wants to, I want to meet her. Tell her to come out here. I'm like, would you? Would he have done that to uh, a white ass? I doubt it. But to me, the black girl who who was on the show, well, I, I need to meet, and he was like, I need to meet her. Tell her to go, go get her. Tell her to come outside. And he did it twice, and I was, I gave him one more time to insist to my mother to go get her daughter to come out. I'm like, nigga, I will kill everyone that you know. The the level of anger, but you you get so tired of being treated like, well, of course you guys are gonna be marginalized because we know that you need to have our thumb kept on you like that. And once we let them know, like, you guys gotta, you, you, we gotta tell you in our own way that you need to step the fuck back. And yeah. we, we, if we do that more often on a regular basis without any fear, they'll, you know, it'll take a while, but they have to learn. They gonna learn today, as Kevin would say, Mr. Hart. <laughs> you know, it's funny is that I, um. I will say this, you know, people, you you always see the videos where uh, somebody that's black or brown, it just goes off, right? Because somebody, and people are like, well, why why do you have to do that? Like, or cop, like, why aren't they complying? We're, because psychologically you're tired. It's, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's not an isolated yeah. incident. It's everywhere you go, right? Everywhere, everywhere. All the time, you feel it all the time. So you, by the time that you snap, it is not that you are an angry black woman, angry brown woman. And if you are, you are entitled to be because of all the fucked up stuff that's happening. Yeah. But no, when you get to that point, you're like, no, I ain't moving. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and I'm at home watching the election shit on TV. So I'm at home having all this stuff build up in me. And then I hear a voice of my my quiet house's porch. And I'm like, are you crazy? I'm already inside the house. Like, I, I want to set, set this block on fire because pumpkin face. And then you go disrupt the quiet habitat that I live in. Are you So to, to make your point, we have so much that's already in yeah. that one, the wrong person lights that match and it's going to be an explosion. And then I'm going to be in the precinct like, officer, I didn't realize I was this angry, my bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what I'm saying? And, and the thing is that for when people say angry black woman or angry brown woman, angry Latina woman, they it, it's to control you, right? It's like, you don't want to meet that. You don't want to meet that stereotype. So you contain yourself and yep. you don't want to, because they know that you about to slap the teeth out of somebody. <laughs> and they're like, yo, you're not an angry black woman, are you? Yeah, I am. No. <laughs> I happen to be, but that's not even the point. And even when some, even when you, when we do shows, like this is recent. I did a show in Nevada, and after the show, okay. First of all, Caucasian people, when you're drunk, that's another level. But drunk white men coming out after the show, and they're like, you know, they expect you to hug them. They don't even ask, "Can I come into your space?" Can I touch you? They just come at you. And for the first time in my career, I started in the last year, I started putting up my hand like, no, I'm good. You know, you want a picture? Well, then take it of me by myself. I, I don't even want a selfie. Don't come near me. And I yeah. realized that after all these years of thinking that I had an obligation to let everyone who wanted to touch me, touch me. Because most of my audiences, you know, more of them are mixed than they are black. 
So right. the mixed audiences, those people come after the show and they feel like they have a right to you. And I know that a lot of it is showbiz and their fans, but sometimes it's like, dude, you can't forget about what you just saw on that stage. You can't cross that line because I'm the funny black girl that you really want to be, you know, you want to be in my area. I'm like, you, you don't have that right. There's too much entitlement. And sometimes I turn off an audience because I'm like, I just can't allow that anymore because you guys don't know when, when to stop. I have to start with you. You don't realize you can't just do that to anybody you of color because they, they act like, you know, I've had things said to me like, I love black women or I love, I, I wish I had more black girlfriends or my girlfriend in college was black. Weird shit. So this is every day. My private life is like that. I just told you that story. My work life, I told you that story. So if we explode, you think I'm angry. Well, of course I'm angry. Every black person, person of color is low key or high key or mid key angry. But you can't keep chiseling at it and then be surprised when something happens. You know, it's not an excuse. But then again, it is a very good excuse. It's a reason. <laughs> it's a reason. It's a. It's yeah. more than an excuse. It's a reason. And you know, we have to express. You know, they love us to express our joy. They capitalize on it, right? Comedy, music, acting, arts, basketball, football. But when we express our rage, there's a problem with that. And yeah. we are really realized human beings. And the reason why a lot of them think that they can touch us is because they dehumanize um, us so much that when they see us, we are not uh, people. We're not fully realized human beings. No. We are trinkets. We are yeah. accessories of fun to mm -hmm. them. And you know, and I and I, I don't, I'm not speaking in generalizations. I'm not assuming that all white people believe this, but no. for the most part, it is because it's in the indoctrination of people in in the world that black people and brown people are like watch them dance. Look, they're the tribe. Their tribe is dancing. Look at the natives. They're dancing. Look at the natives dancing. The First Nations people are dancing. That that is sacred. That's our. That shit is our. You know what what, what we do when it's tr when it's it's uh, ritualistic and it's it's spiritual for us. It is not for your consumption as entertainment. And uh, so all of it is connected. And so you and I go on the road and motherfuckers, we get off stage, motherfuckers be like, hey, yeah. who say ice castles, bitch? Lose me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> yep. Don't talk to me. You know, and then you're wrong. You're, you're, you're like, you, did you hear the lady in the video say to him, why are you so nasty, right? Why are you not ad adhering to the the way that I that you you're supposed to be behaving per my perception of you? Why and, are you and, and per your address, per where you live? Yeah, 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 yeah. She was like, um, you're, you, she said something about his father, and she or his family, like his parents. They were yeah. not. They were nice. Why aren't you nice? Why are you so nasty? He needs to have he needs to look, have her her dog kidnapped. Like if we need to we need to figure out a way to just like to just get at them without getting busted. Like and not 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 kill the dog, but take him away for like two weeks, so she could be like, oh, "What happened to my dog?" And you're like, "I don't know what happened." So they need punishment. I don't understand. To enter somebody's property is what's amazing to me. And ring my bell? What? Are you crazy? Did, he, did she ring his bell? Cause some of them, there was one I saw, and this is funny though, cause she was she went to someone's house to have to ask them to remove their their Black Lives Matter signs, and the person's house she went to was white, 
And I kind of wonder if she knew that it was a white person's house she went to. But long story short, the person who was clearly progressive and about it uh, was also someone that she felt comfortable. As long as you're, you believe in humanity, people like her think they have a right to tell you what to think. And yeah. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't have an answer. And I try to make jokes out of it, but you know, sometimes I, the day after the election, when I had that headlining gig at Ventura, I wanted to cry. I was on stage holding back tears, and I'm like, okay, Jackie, you made because after America's Got Talent, I was on what felt like a red state tour. Yeah. And and while I'm blessed and happy and grateful for it, I was still like, these states are the states that don't really care about me as a human. And I need to realize that if I don't end up performing in those places again, it's not a bad thing. You know, God will God will give me what I need to to live and earn a living and prosper. But I it changed my whole outlook on where I go and how I do things. And you know, I've always people think because I'm a funny girl that I don't have any kind of hood in me or you know any kind of militant in me. And I'm like, I do. I'm I'm I try to be funny on purpose, even when I shouldn't be, because low key I'm irritated with everything and everyone all the time. Yeah. You know, and this kind of stuff that's every day in the news, you know, every day. I mean, this news coverage of the election that clearly Biden won 11 times <laughs> is in the news every day. But it's it's low key making me nauseous because he won't. He thinks it's OK to act this way. And this is making the whole world like everyone is kind of down because we're like, I just need things to change. Yeah. Can you and imagine I going to the office, the lottery office? and say that we won the lottery with our lottery a ticket with the wrong numbers. And they're like, no, but th these are the winning numbers. And you're like, no, there's, you got to cheat. You cheat, <laughs> I won this $95 million and I want my money. And I brought my friends with me. <laughs> yeah, this is sad once again, but and I'm just saying that he might want to run again in four years. First of all, are there age limits on this bitch? I don't understand. Can you be a hundred and still run? Today is uh, uh, President-elect Biden's birthday. And uh -huh. I believe that he turned, what is he now? 79? Yeah. Yes. And and my, and my and I got in trouble because I, during the whole debate thing, I called him old on Twitter and social media. Very good friends were like, Jackie, <clears throat> we're trying to win. You have influence. You can't, I'm like, I'm not trying to diss him. This is fact. He's old as fuck. And Trump is like, well, if I don't get it this time, I'm going to come back in four years. You're going to come back when you're 81 or 80 or 82, whatever the fuck. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't I don't understand how the, well, what, I'm like, will I be here in four years if the racism is this rampant in my face? I'm low key like, you know what, in four years, God, come and get me. I've had a great run. I can't, I can't handle this. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know how to handle it because it's affecting my mood. You know, yeah. and it's the reason why I drink wine with every single meal and breakfast. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to find a way to cope. And this stuff online every day. Uh, look, if you're if you're Caucasian watching this, just learn from this stuff. We don't want you guys to disappear from the earth, but some of you, we wouldn't mind. <laughs> you so silly. <laughs> um. As we um, as we wrap up the hour, uh, anytime I well, you know, I talk to you at five in the morning for three hours. <laughs> um, I want to say that um, we have a an issue right now when we talk about gay people, LGBTQ 
plus people. There are a lot of people who are pro-black and brown that believe there's this gay agenda and that this gay agenda is to eliminate us. And we, um, those of us who understand that there's been an agenda to eliminate us from the beginning, know that there is no, um, there's no uh, limit that they won't go to to make that happen. Still, uh, I believe that it is important that we um, don't allow that narrative to become something that we use to demonize the gay people, the LGBTQ plus people of our community. So today is um, Trans Remembrance Day. And let, let it be known that 37 trans Americans were violently killed in 2020. Mm. And not all of them by uh, other people. Um, Tony McDade was also killed by the police. Um, so I wanted to just simply acknowledge that um, no, 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 Lisa uh, Luciano Ruiz, a transgender woman, was shot to death in Puerto Rico. She mm. was 24 for using the women's bathroom at mm. McDonald's. And that video was available online. You could see it. Mendez Arrocho, 19, a transgender woman, was shot twice in the face and killed in Puerto Rico. She had been a victim of an assault uh, five hours earlier. She was misgendered and dead named in the media following her death. Mm. Um, Monica Diamond was a black transgender activist and businesswoman, was shot to death while treated in an ambulance in Charlotte, North Carolina. She was arrested, uh, Prentice Best, 32, was arrested and charged with the murder after he shot Diamond multiple times. Mm. Um, Lexi, 33, black transgender woman, was stabbed to death in Harlem, New York on March 28th. Mm -hmm. um, Scott, uh, De Scotland DeVore, a white gender nonconforming person was found dead near a highway in Georgia, March 30th. 51-year-old um, Augusta was found dead near a highway after being missing for two weeks. Um, they found the murderer. Joanna Metzger, a transgender woman, was stabbed to death in Baltimore. Um, April 11th, a college graduate and self-taught musician was uh, at staying at a recovery center at the time of her killing. And the list goes on, Serena Angelique Velasquez Ramos. Most of the people, Leila uh, Palais Sanchez, 21 years old. In Puerto Rico, we have a serious issue in Puerto Rico, which mm. is why that bunny wore um, a dress on, um, on uh, Kimmel, not Kimmel, it was uh, Jimmy Fallon. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to just say the names of Penelope Diaz Ramirez, Nina Pop. 28 transgender woman was found dead in an apartment in Missouri. Um, it was a hate crime. I mean, and the list goes on. And the majority of the people, Tony McDay, black, black transgender man, was shot and killed in confrontation with police in Tallahassee, Florida. Mm. Um, most of the people are black and brown. Uh, Dominique uh, Remy Fells, and the list goes on and on. So we wanted just to take a moment <clears throat> to acknowledge these human beings. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your beliefs are. Um, your social beliefs can be whatever they are. They don't have the right to um, to infringe upon other people's liberties and right to have a life. And I think that we have such a serious issue when it comes to these human beings. They are still people. They are people's children. They mm -hmm. were they were born um, 
into this world like the rest of us with dreams, hopes, and aspirations yeah. and you issues with yourself. It's a, uh, it's just horrible. So go ahead. You know what's fun? Not funny, but coincidental. And this is not wasn't planned at all. Maybe this is why you and I are always in sync, even though we don't talk as much as we want to. Uh, my podcast, Relatable with Jackie Fabulous, that's on my YouTube page, and you can get it on every podcast uh, outlet. On on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, <clears throat> my next episode, I'm interviewing my whole panel is going to be trans comics. Oh, nice. This is a coincidence. I'm going to have Ian, and they're all Caucasian, Ian Harvey, tran a transsexual man, Jay McBride, a uh, female, and okay. Fifi Dosh, uh, all three transsexual comedians gifted in what they do. And they're going to be on my panel uh, this Tuesday called Relatable with Jackie Fabulous. It's on YouTube. You can hear it on all the outlets. And um, I think it's, I, I just, I did, had no idea that this, this day even existed. So just the way, in my efforts to be more conscious of things that I really don't have any knowledge of beyond what I read and what I see on TV, uh, when I think, was it Trump in the Trump years where he took away uh, protections for trans children in schools? Mm -hmm. I, that made me, I just can't even imagine some pe people who think that they're superior to anyone else. I just don't get that overall, regardless of what your sexuality is and your lifestyle, what you believe in. I just don't understand people who think they're, they're superior to people in any way whatsoever. Yeah. Like, no, not, we're all, we all bleed red. I don't understand it. And you know what I, I will say this is that because racism is real and it is across the board and everything that we do. So someone posted a comment, where's the lad when these murders happen? And I just think that a lot of these elitist organizations that are very uh, celebrity driven yeah. um, are also disconnected from the, the reality of what it is to be a person of color, whether you're trans or straight. And the marginalization is re as a reality in all aspects of humanity when it comes to black and brown people. So when we have these conversations and we talk about all these big organizations that are very LGBTQIA plus friendly, there's an elite factor to it where these people who come from rural areas, urban areas, they come from the hood, they come from lower income uh, communities and backgrounds, their lives don't matter as much because they're not, you know, uh, Laverne Cox. And yeah. that's why we need to stay connected with, um, you know, the, the people. There's a lot of racism in the LGBTQ community because mm -hmm. racism is a disease and an infection that it goes across the board. It is not specific to just politics. It's in real estate. It's in education. It's in entertainment. It's in everything. And we have mm -hmm. to tackle it across the board. So I didn't want to um, not acknowledge those lives. I wanted to make sure that I, I said uh, some of the names of the people that we lost and honored them. I want to encourage people to come check out your podcast. What else is going on? What else? Where can they find you on social media? Uh, if you go to <clears throat> if you go to JackieFabulous.com, I'll lead you everywhere. Or my Instagram, the link in my bio will lead you everywhere. My podcast, Relatable with Jackie Fabulous, there's about 20 episodes up on YouTube and uh, Apple and Amazon and Spotify, all that stuff. And I have a show tonight with a for the University of New Haven, a Zoom show that they made virtual. I was supposed to go down there, but they, they were like, don't you bring your ass anywhere close to this campus. So I'm going to do that. And, you know, I haven't done a college show in a long time. And 
you know, it's day by day. Do I have a schedule? Like, I don't, do I have shows coming up? I truthfully don't remember. But I would love it if you, all you guys follow me on social media because I do have something coming up soon that if COVID behaves itself, it will happen. You know, and COVID, if you need me to give you some ass, some cash, whatever you need, just so you can go, <laughs> go the fuck away, please. Oh, my God. Um, thank you so much, Jackie, for being here. You got to come back. Definitely, I- anytime. I always have fun with you. Thank you, D. Morgan. Thank you, Latoya. Uh, thank you for Jackie, Mr. Mike Douglas. I appreciate that. Uh, I have lots of LGBTQ plus people in my family. I would take a bullet for any of them. People are people treating someone as non-human because of your beliefs is the antithesis of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I just want to say thank you to you all for showing up and showing out. We are uh, a village united and we will continue to speak our truth and uh, thank you so much. We, we love you. And we'll see you next week. Love you. Love you back.